You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 78. I'm going to tell you about how we launched all of our Facebook groups successfully, all 25 of them. I'm going to show you how. Here we go. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who has the upper body strength of a small child. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth. Glad to be with you today or tonight or on your jog or on your commute, wherever you are consuming this podcast. I am very, very glad to come to you today and talk to you about a subject that I'm pumped about because this has been a big win for us so far. And it's we're still in the process of it, but it has been a huge win for us at my church in launching a strategy of Facebook groups. We talk about these in Facebook groups a lot on communications, and we talk about this with our friends, and we see blogs and content about it. But I'm here to tell you that we have launched 25 successful Facebook groups and that, and that is actually, okay, I'm fudging that number a little bit, uh, 25 by the end of next week, when we launch our final four groups, uh, that are coming out, we'll have 25 of them that are out that are running that somebody else besides me is running. Now I'm going to tell you how I did that and how we trained people to do that, because there's a lot of little things that go into it. It's not just start a group and say, Hey, will you do this? All right, good luck. See you at the end kind of thing. I know a lot of us run things that way. That is not a good way to run a successful Facebook group strategy. Now, I want to get to the bottom of why we want Facebook groups. Because if you think about your service, think about it this way. You invite people to your service, and once they come to your worship service in person, their next step to be in person is to go into some kind of small group, right? It's it's to go into some sort of uh, Bible study class, Sunday school program, whatever you've got going, home groups, whatever. So in the in the physical sense, you have your your big front door is your service, uh, and then your 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 next step is your small group. Well, in the digital sense, your Facebook page is your kind of like your service; it's your front door, and then your groups are ways that online digitally people can divide up into the small group arena for finding people that like what they like or that are involved with different ministries. And um, I'm going to provide a little bit of division for you here because it's going to help you understand like the types of groups we have and that sort of thing. So just understand that that's the, that's the ministry model behind what we're doing with our Facebook groups. We're not just launching them to have them or to divide our people up or because I you know, saw a podcast somewhere with this really smart guy that told me I needed them. No, we were like, what can we do with these things? And I think I would encourage you to do the same thing. You may not come up with 25. You might come up with four and they might be great. You might have one. That's great. Depending on the size of your church, we have about 8,000 people at our church, so we can divide up and get a lot of groups going. You might be in a totally different context, but the concept is the same. So take the principle, not the tactic, and let's see if that can work for you. But I'm going to show you how to launch a Facebook group. First, I think I've talked about this in another podcast before, but you need to determine the types of groups that you're going to have. For us, we have four. We have our new campus groups. That's the newest thing that we're doing. And then we have, uh, which are general big groups that are they're going to be eventually open to the public for anyone to invite and join. And that will be kind of like 
If you're inviting your friend to church, you could also invite your friend to the campus group kind of thing. So we're excited about that. We've, we've just gone through some training for our staff to be able to run those and we're launching those soon. That's three of the four groups that we got coming up soon that I can't wait to launch. Uh, then you've got ministry groups that are groups based around like our young adults have a, have a group. We have um, uh, other ministry groups like foster and adopt. Uh, and then we have a, a special needs ministry group. So different ministries where it's a place for the, they're not huge and they're going to want that, that upfront platform announcement. And it's a way to give them a place to connect with people or direct people to go to capture who in our church is involved in this area. So it kind of works like our third group, which is an interest group, but an interest group we have is like, uh, we have a motorcycle riding group. We have, um, gosh, I can't even think of the other groups we have now, but we have a couple other, Oh, a photography group that I run. And then we have a writers and bloggers group that I run. I'll just tell you the things I'm doing. And then we have a couple others that are interest groups that are, um, Oh, we have another ministry group that's like a singles group, you know, things like that. So those two groups kind of intertwine. You have to be careful how you want to define those things, but that's how we define it. And then last, we have a volunteer group. So a group based around people that volunteer in a certain ministry. So we have a Hope Students group, and then we might have a, a interest group or a ministry group, depending on how we define this, that's Hope Student Parents. Uh, and then we have one for kids. They have a kids volunteer group, and then we have one for parents. So it, 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 we've divided out some of these groups in these places, and it's been pretty successful. So I'm going to tell you how I got this going and how we've made it successful, because it does take some structure and strategy. And if you're not doing this intentionally, it's going to be done for you, and it might not be done well. So the last thing we want is for you to launch a Facebook group strategy that implodes in about a week or about a month. Let's give it a month. So the first thing I would say to do is set all the groups up for the ministries. Don't let them create their own. If there is one, you get control over it and say, hey, when I get control, I'm going to change things. I'm going to make this look like our church. I'm going to update the description. I'm going to do all the back end. I'm going to decide what kind of group it is. I'm going to decide how it works because you're the communication director, right? And so you need to be able to decide that. But honestly, you're taking those decisions that really don't need to be on your, your ministries and you're, you're making it for them. Now, what I will suggest is that you sit down with those ministries and talk about the goals for that group because it will change how you set the group up. So just, so don't ever do a group where you're just setting it up and deciding everything for them, but make it so that you're leading that conversation. I think I was misleading earlier. Just make sure you're leading that conversation with this, with the ministry groups or whoever you're is going to run the group to make sure it's ma matching with their goals and that their goals are the goals that you want to see happen as the communication director. Um, always train them how to do the groups before you launch the group. Don't, if you haven't sat down and talked through at least the functionality and some ideas of what they can do with this group and you've just turned it over and they've said they'll do it. Um, I actually did that with a group to begin with and it has not done much. It has flopped. It's our most unsuccessful group, which is sad because it's around a ministry that's really important. Um, you know, and, and it's, and it's my fault because a volunteer was going to lead it and they kind of fell by the wayside. And so, you know, it's, it's like, okay, well now we got to revive this group, figure it out again. Uh, luckily we have an admin that's kind of handling that group for us in the meantime, but, um, it's not doing what it really should be doing. It's just kind of limping along and we want to try to help it. So train before you launch, don't just launch. And then, um, some of the things that you want to train people on while you're sitting down with them, just ask, here's what I did. I asked the person that we've decided is going to lead the group. Um, 
And, and you may ask a campus pastor or if you have a ministry leader say, hey, we're going to launch this group. Who is going to be responsible to make sure this stuff gets done every week? Because if you don't have that person, then guess what? That stuff's not going to get done each week. And you're going to have to go, hey, what's up with your group? I haven't seen anything. So find that person, have them come to your office and then open up Facebook and walk them through the group and show them what groups can do. So I like to poke around in the the message folder, you know, in that discussion tab and just kind of say, here's the live video. Here's how to schedule posts. Here's how to run a poll. Um, here's where all this fun stuff is. Here's, you can actually do gifts in the poll and just show them how all that works. Because I guarantee they have not seen that. Nine times out of 10, they have not seen that. You think just because they're on it on Facebook a lot, they know how it all works. They don't. It's up to you to help train them on everything it can do, because once they know what it can do, they can start seeing what it can do for them and their ministry. And that's the focal point of what we're trying to get across. I'll tell you how to how to pitch this here in a second. Uh, What can groups do? So and then what how does it enhance your ministry? I think that's the focus of how you talk about Facebook groups. You don't talk about why it's cool or the stats behind how many people are connecting with this or how many people are on Facebook or how it's the third largest country in the world. All that's great stuff. And if you have a data-driven person, that might matter. But what I've learned is from being a pastor and from working with pastors, that's data really doesn't matter. It doesn't. What they want to know is, how does this help me? And that's just a typical customer story brand kind of thought, right? What is my... What is my audience with this this person running the group? What do they care about most? What they care about is how does this help me connect people to the gospel better? And we all know that Facebook has its negatives, but there's a lot of redeemable qualities about it in groups. And if you can show them how they can take Facebook groups and turn it into a ministry powerhouse, then they will be on board. I promise. I've seen some of the, some people who have called it the Facebook's turn around and become a killer Facebook group operator because they saw it as the tool it was for ministry and they just went with it. And once that unlocked in his brain, he's killing it right now. He's running a campus for a ministry that doesn't even exist yet. And it's got 600 and something people in it for a campus we haven't even launched. And it's just great. We're getting a lot of buzz. He's connecting with his people. It's going really, really well. Um, So go through the stuff it can do. Go through the side tabs go through what kind of group it is closed or if it's private or or sorry, secret or if it's public and what that means. And then even discuss like, are we going to start with closed and then eventually open it to public? Are we going to start with secret? What, how are we going to do that? And then go through the functions of all the stuff. like some of them have units that you can do learning stuff for like a volunteer group. That's really helpful. Uh, One of the things that um, are some of our connections people are doing is they're going in the studio and just making these videos. Hey, I'm standing here at the edge of the seats and I mean, seriously, they're filming this with a phone and they're going, I'm at the edge of the seats. And whenever you have a guest come down or volunteer visitor come down, then this is how we fill the seats. And this is when, this is how, you know, when it's time to go to the next row. And they're just showing people literally in the spot how to do stuff. And then they put it over in the unit and say, if you're on the ushers team, watch the ushers unit, which is a series of videos that tells them how to be an usher or greeters. Here's how we open the doors. Here's the way we always face the people coming in. Always smile. Don't ever turn your back on them. Things like that. We don't walk people in. We don't point anywhere. When people have a question, we always walk them over. And you, he's talking about this stuff in these like one minute videos that people can consume. And they'll even Facebook will even tell you when they finished it because it's awesome. And now people can go through like some serious training in Facebook 
if if they'll go do it now that's getting people to do it is still going to be the same issue but uh if they'll go over there and go through it it's like he's able to create these training videos and and create culture around his ministry you can do the same thing for uh other ministries if you've got that turned on uh that feature of units turned on social learning a lot of great things in Facebook groups that they're unlocking. And he would not have known about that if he had sat down in an office with me and I showed him that that could be the way he uses that little feature and he's killing it. And I'm so proud of him. <laughs> so, uh, that brings me to the second point. The really the second point first point is train before you launch. Well, let's say first point was set it up for them. Second point train before you launch. And third, give them tools we actually bought a little microphone. It's a road mic. It was about 60 bucks and it has a lightning input where you just put it on, you attach it to the lightning port of your phone and it gives a focus to the directional mic on your phone and it gets better audio. So if you're in a loud situation, you can focus and point that phone, that uh, microphone at a person like a shotgun mic. Then we also bought a, a 12 inch ring light and a stand that has the place for in the middle for the phone to be mounted so that if they have a, a, a good iPhone, a good uh, smartphone with a camera, they can take that phone and the ring light, stick the mic on it and set it up anywhere, have good lighting, have good quality video. We have set them up with simple tools that they're familiar with to make content on their own without having to go through all the request process and everything. And then if we see something, we're like, Hey, that's subpar. We're like, Hey, well, let's do this better. And we can train them on that. But for the most part, it's social media. It really hasn't made a big dent like in anything. Cause it's not on a, you know, a red camera or some kind of Ursa mini and shot in a studio. Now, one of our other connections leaders has decided to to book time in the studio and gone through our, our video department to go get professional looking videos made for what she's doing. And that's her style. That's great. She can do that, but she's doing that on her own guys on her own, where it is creating content that helps connect with her people, her volunteers on her own. She's taking the initiative and getting it done. And with, with our teams being able to do that with her, the quality control is already there. She's making good stuff and it is helping our people immensely. So give them tools, teach them how to use the tools too. Cause if you, you know, handed somebody Canva or whatever, you know, that that can be a loaded gun, but give them the tools and then train them how to use them. Uh, let's say fourth, give them ideas of what to post, give them a content schedule Give them, uh, here's 15 different things you could post like scripture verse or uh, volunteer highlight. And you don't have to get specific, but just knowing what type of content they could post in a list gives them a place to start. And then they can just go fill in the blanks basically for what they're going to post this week. So for a volunteer group, you definitely want to do a volunteer highlight at least once a week. And then you want to do a, a question from the sermon and then you want to do some kind of training video um and then you can do that's like three times a week so post on monday wednesday friday and you're done no problem right because when you're in a group here's the beautiful thing is that once you continue to post probably if your group is active on facebook anyway and you have this group for that purpose then they're going to start asking questions and creating the discussion themselves they won't need you to post all the time and you can continue just posting the recurring posts and then the group takes on a life of its own. And it's kind of awesome. Uh, sometimes that doesn't happen. It doesn't always happen that way. And you have to keep prodding a little bit longer or a little bit more because your group isn't super active. 
Uh, I have one group that's doing that right now that I'm really just struggling to, I'm putting content out as much as I can, but it's not enough. I need to bring that up so that they'll start talking more so that I can get that group active and getting around the discussion of the topic a little bit more so I can start building a team really from the group, but give them ideas. I created a content schedule. I'll put it in the show notes, a copy of it. Basically I went through a Google sheet and put at the top, the different types of groups. It could be parent group, uh, volunteer group a campus group, parents group for students, parent group for uh, kids, uh, marriage ministry, all these different types of groups that we have or could have. And then I just went down and started creating ideas in the column for something like that you could post. I'll make that available to you because that's an easy place to start. I didn't finish it. I'll just tell you right now, it has got a lot of blanks in it, but it's a start and you're welcome to take it, save a copy and then uh, create your own content list. That could be super helpful in a pinch. Uh, I also have the 88 ideas for social media posts that's available on my website at all times. That is a great place to start as well. Um, I still go back to that over and over for content ideas. In fact, when I was making that list, I was going through my 88 ideas to the side going, all right, that's a good one. I could do that here, 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 because why reinvent the wheel? You don't have to do it this completely brand new thing every single time. People are people. So do what works. Then help them plan, um, help them figure out how often are we going to post each week? What are we going to post each week? Give them a sample. And you'll, if you download this thing, you'll see that it's, it's, and I'm not asking for your email address to download this thing. Just go get it. It's going to be in the show notes. It's going to be free. Here you go. If you want the 88 ideas thing, you can join my email list for that. But the, this content list will be free. Uh, no strings attached. Just go get it, but help them plan. And in that, I think I've got a, like a kind of schedule set up somewhere in one of the pages, but if I don't, yeah, hey, go make your own. It's real easy. And then I would say the thing that people need most is encouragement, support, and ultimately permission. And I think as communication people, we often are so very concerned about the quality. And we should be. That's our job. We're concerned about the quality. But a lot of times we err into the side of quality at the at the risk of, of um encouragement, support, and actually letting and delegating some of these tasks to people that could do social media pretty well if we just accept a standard that is not, you know, impossible. Maybe we'll look at this person and go, okay, they're not the greatest at like being on camera, but people love their personality and their their campus pastor. And it doesn't matter. Like uh, you've all seen the pastor who is like a great speaker, but when you get them in person, you can tell that, man, you don't know what they're going to say. They're off the cuff all the time. And if you put them on the spot, you don't know what you're going to get because they're, they're, they're just not that kind of mindset. They like to plan things uh, when they're going to present information. But if you ask them like to be in an interview, it's could be incredible and gold, or it could be a complete disaster. You know, people like that. So you might have someone like that running a group. They need some structure and you can help them with that. You might have something that's great off the cuff, but talks about the weirdest stuff. You'll have to rein them in, but just continue to encourage and support them and watch what's going on. Give them permission to do some things that are different. Uh, give them permission to be themselves. And I think that what you're going to find is you've got a sudden, suddenly a social media team that's excited about the ministry they get to do online in a way. And, and before you can have something happen like somebody walks into your office and sees you on Facebook and go, Hey, what are you doing? Like I'm working, you know, like because Facebook's obviously not work. It is work. It's ministry. It's where you're interacting with people throughout the day. It's the other 167 hours a week. We get to be with people other than the one hour a week. They might show up for our services, 
right? So hopefully that's a, a helpful kind of breakdown of how we've launched our, our Facebook groups and it's been successful so far. We've seen some good, some good momentum. I've seen a, an amazing turn in some of our staff who were a little leery of social media and now kind of embracing it. It's really cool to see them go, man, I've got access like never before to my people and I can kind of do my, do my ministry thing over here without having to schedule lunches and meet up with people and go to games after hours and et cetera, et cetera. I can actually meet with people here for a second and that means something to them. It means something to them. And, and when ministers start to understand that it means something to our people, so it should mean something to us, we start to have this really beautiful connection that happens online. And Facebook groups is just one of the tools. It doesn't, it's not an end-all, be-all, silver bullet for fixing ministry and connections, but it is a great enhancer for your ministry. And I encourage you to find ways to, to launch Facebook groups. And again, the last thing I'll say is to get people to join the group, you have to give them a reason to go, do a giveaway, do a contest, talk about it elsewhere, put it on the stage. That may not seem like something you'd put in your main video announcements, but it is. It's, hey, go check out some of the Facebook groups. What I did is I made a website that had a list of all of our groups on it and a link to each one, and they're divided up. Um, you can actually go check it out. Don't join the groups if you're not part of our church, though. We'll actually not let you <laughs> if you don't go to our church. But uh, you can go to hopefellowship.net slash FB groups, stands for Facebook groups. And you'll see that we've got several groups there. Not all 25 are out yet, like I said, but we're we're building to it. We've got lots of groups. You can click those links, look at the groups. Um, you can see kind of what's going on in there um, and kind of how we have it laid out. But we made it easy because I know that I'm never going to be able to say, go to all 25 of these different groups or even go to our Facebook page. And even though I have groups way up on the page so that you can see them easily, you won't be able to see them all. And so where can you go find community online? Well, go to this website that I made, this web page of our website uh, to try to make it as easy that they can, I can for people to connect online. Um, so anyway, that is Facebook groups. That's how we did it. And I appreciate you paying attention and listening. I would love to hear your comments or questions or even things that have worked for you in launching your Facebook groups, how you got people to join them, especially because I think that's a big hang up for us. How do we get people over there? Uh, I've had some success. I've shared a little bit about that, but what have, what's worked for you? I'd love to hear that in the comments of this blog on our website or in the show notes. You can go ahead and I think you can comment there. If you can't send me an email at Seth at Seth at SethMuse.com and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast is brought to you by Delirious. Remember those guys? The better YouTube? Change my mind.